welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including games and trivia and what else we've been watching. We have many guests on, and today we've got something a little different. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Henderson. How are you today, mate? I'm doing fantastic. Do you know why? Why? Because I'm seeing double. <laughs> it is a Jeffrey marathon today. It is a Jeffrey sandwich and yes. you are the meat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, this is going to be great today. I am doing quite well, though. I've had a, had a good week. Nothing really to report. Obviously, went out and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, you know, very nice, relaxing week. Very good. Well, I've been on holidays for the last week and I've got the rest of this week off as well. So I'm feeling very relaxed about that. I actually went up to another state, New South Wales, over the weekend with a mate and we yeah, we played lots of golf. Went out there, whack him some balls, did you? Some would say too much golf. <laughs> How you feeling? Yeah, no, pretty good, pretty good. Um, it was How's that, your shoulders? Yeah, a little sore from carrying you all the time, but it was. Oh, it God, was, it was really, it was really fun. It was good to get away and just you know spend some time in the great outdoors in the old Aussie bush, hitting some balls around. So yeah, had a great time. Oh, I'm glad you had a great time, mate. All right, Hendo, what else are we doing today? Well, like you hinted at earlier, today it's not a pod v pod. It is bro v bro. That's right. We've got Dean Jeffrey versus Brother Shane. Shane Jeffrey. <laughs> He's here today. He's going to battle Dean in a wide variety of different trivia games. I've got a couple of things lined up. I'll Quizmaster Hendo here. Good, good. It's about time you did some work, Hendo. How dare you? You talk about <laughs> carrying. <laughs> Here's what you got to do. Sit there and answer some questions hey, I'm, right. I'm the talent, my friend. <laughs> if your recent stints on our Pod V Pods is, is oh, to anything of indication, Shane is going to run a train over you. He will. <laughs> he definitely will. And then, of course, after that, we're going to be taking a look at the question of the week, which is, what is your favourite fashion-related film? Ah, yes. The old random list generator you had mm. set up. Uh, yeah, very different. It's interesting trying to find films that are about fashion and not just... Nice costumes. Yes. Yes, it was. there was some struggles, but no, it's a different topic, so we'll get into that later on. That's right, we will. As well as that, we'll be taking a look at the new 1990s film tournament. Ah, uh, the 90s. What a fun decade. I'm really looking forward to this one. So many classics. We have 41 movies lined up for this one, all on the top 250. And uh, there are some uh, early round matches that I'm just looking at like, geez, this could be be like a final eight, final four match going on here. And then, of course, after that, we're going to be talking about what else we've been watching for the last fortnight. It's a... I've got some movies I want to talk about here, Dean. Do you have some movies you want to talk about? I've got a couple. A couple? Like standard. A couple more than a couple, but yeah. You've been on holidays. Exactly. I'm not exactly watching movies while I'm away, am I? You should. No. Didn't want to watch like Caddyshack or anything while you're away? (laughs) I should have. Happy Gilmore? Yeah, I should have. I should have brought those uh, those films along, but no, no, I did not. Ah, fair enough. Give me the update. All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb top two hundred and fifty list? Yeah, after last week's massive, massive change up, I felt might do might do justice to do this as a weekly thing now. Get, get a couple little short and sharp. Hendo. Yeah, short and sharp. Once upon a time in Hollywood dropped down another thirty nine spots. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Those Aussie viewers really panning it, eh? <laughs> what is this Hollywood town you speak of? <laughs> it has dropped down to 153 now. The Matrix has gone up two spots to number 16. It's 
big. Yep, taking over one floor of the Cuckoo's Nest and Goodfellas. Cool. Same thing with Life is Beautiful, two spots up to number 22, taking over the Silence of the Lambs and Star Wars. Well, that's a travesty. Even the Green Mile up three spots to number 28. We see a little surge here in the 30s. Back to the Future has gone up four spots to 35. Modern Times up two spots to 36. And Terminator 2 Judgment Day up three spots, number 38. So there's a couple of films on the on the rise here. But looking right down to the bottom, in the list now are three movies I have no idea what they are. I've never heard of them. What are they, Hendo? Embers. Okay, I have heard of this one. Infernal Affairs. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and Winter Sleep is back in, but the big one. So you have heard of that one as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the, the actual names of the, the movies in their foreign language. I don't know what they were. <laughs> but the big one I want to talk about, out of the list, it's another one, Groundhog Day. Wow. Gee, I'm glad I got it when I did. That is, I believe, three breakdowns we've done that are now out of the list. Add in La La Land and out of, what, 43 films we've done, four of them are now out of the list. How good's that? Keep refreshing the list. Yeah, we get to number 250 and it's a whole new list again. <laughs> this thing is endless. That's good. I like getting movies before they drop out. Maybe I should start focusing on movies around the, the 240 mark. Just focus on all those films you love that are hovering that area. That really means I really I should I should have got Jaws. I should have picked Jaws uh, a long time ago. Too late now, Hendo. Well, I hope it will come back in eventually. Well, it won't. We've got another eight or so I've years got, to get this I've done. I've got my bots onto it, giving it the old <laughs> one star. I see all those accounts you made. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws hater one. Jaws hater two. <laughs> All right, mate. It's bro v bro time. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. You've been d- pumping your brain up with some trivia? I've been prump- pumping up my bro moments. <laughs> wow, okay. I don't, even know I don't that know if that's going to help or not. My bro... Bro knowledge. Bro knowledge? Brodar? I don't know. Something's tingling in me, Hendo. Ooh, I don't want to know what that is. I'm ready. All right, let's get Shane in and let's do this. <laughs> Listeners, it is time for a very special treat today. It is not a pod v pod as usual. It is a bro v bro. This is impossible. A two-man fight for the championships tonight. Our brothers, the war. That's right. Dean, who have you got here with you, mate? Well, I've brought along my uh, very film-interested brother, Shane. Brother Shane, we all know about him. We've heard- Shane! <laughs> We've heard his reviews many, many times. Shane, welcome to IMDb Journey Podcast. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me here. I'm very excited to be here. It's a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, uh, it's, uh, it's good to have you here, mate, in the studio. First guest in the studio. It's, uh, this is a big it, thing. Yeah, it's, it's new for us too, so we'll see how we go. It's going to be a bit of fun today, I reckon. I've got a couple of good things lined up for you. I don't doubt that. <laughs> awesome. So as Dean said, we we always hear your reviews every week. We hear from you pretty much through our questions of the week and all the different reviews we have. But just uh, let the listeners know. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. So um, I'm an author. I write books. I um, publish them on Amazon. I work in uh, multiple genres um, under multiple pen names. to write romance, horror, murder mysteries, you name it. So um, I've got a pretty good eye for story. Yeah. And um, definitely brings me right into the films. Just, just you said you have multiple pen names. Why do you change your pen name? Because okay, that's that's a branding thing. You want to stick to one genre per pen name. You, I mean, because somebody who likes romance not necessarily going to like a horror story or a murder mystery. So you organise everything that, that makes way. sense. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I imagine uh, growing up with Dean, your your love for movies. You probably got you guys have somewhat got the same similar taste for certain movies. 
I'd definitely say that. Yeah, yeah. We, we grew up on the same films for sure. So it is. It's always interesting to see what Shane thinks of movies because every now and then he just throws absolute curveballs, like <laughs> Kevin and Perry go large five stars, for example. What a joke that is. <laughs> Well, it's a funny movie, and more people need to see it. You know, the British, the the UK, that's the best comedy, man. I reckon. Big call. <laughs> all right, guys. I've got uh, several games here. It's not what you think. All right, so just just clear all expectations. We're going to start different here. Our usual first game is a pop quiz. It's not this time. We're going with our second game. Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Now this will, in fact. Be the last time we do this game. We are oh, retiring no. the game. Uh, we felt uh, we've gone through a fair amount, fair amount of actors to the point where the ones we're looking at are either way too obscure or they're way too easy, way too easy. Yeah, I, I normally come up with the the people who we ask our guests each, each week uh, to to name the actor, and I tell you, it gets harder and harder each week. So honestly, I'm not too upset to retire this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, as usual, I have a little spin on this game. So this is going to be ultimate bro v bro, all right? This isn't going to be separate people that you guys are guessing. What I've got here, I've got five actors, and you guys are going to go back and forth naming movies that they're in until someone repeats a movie or can't get one in the five-second time span. How's that? Nice. So it's not actually anything to do with the IMDb what are they known for? No. Okay, it is, good. It is, oh. it is essentially what oh. what movies are they known for, which oh, is all of them. That's going to be great. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I've got five here, so obviously best three out of five. All right, Dean, we'll start with you. You go first to say the first movie. Here we go, Dean. You ready? You pumped? Pumped. Here we go. Here we go. Russell Crowe. Gladiator. Romper Stomper. LA Confidential. Robin Hood 2010. I don't have to say the years for all these films, do I, Hendo? Stop stalling. Uh, A Beautiful Mind. Proof. Proof of Life? Master and Commander. Body of Lies? It's getting tough now. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. There's some big ones up here. You guys miss Nice Guys, Man of Steel, Les Miserables. It's it's that time limit. It's You're under pressure. pressure. American Gangster, 310 to Yuma. All right, all right. <laughs> hey, I, I won that. I, I, I knew all of them. They were all at the back of my oh, mind. I thought you were going to say, it's so easy me sitting here looking at all the movies right in my face. Ah, very good, Dean. One point to you. All right, Shane, you can start this one off. Okay. Jeff Bridges. Big Lebowski. True Grit. The Kingfisher. Or is it the Fisher King? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, it's the Fisher King. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks for that, because I was struggling. <laughs> I won't go through them all. Yeah, that was such a quick round. There's too many to name off. Getting slaughtered. All right, Dean, here we go. Liam Neeson. Shinless List. Kinsey. Taken. Batman Begins. Taken 2. The Dark Knight Rises. How are you not saying Taken 3? <laughs> <laughs> Walk Among the Tombstones Star Wars Episode 1 A Phantom Menace That's another one Fucking <laughs> I mean I'm, Unknown Non-stop Yeah I know I'm, I'm trying to think of the damn names oh. uh, I also saw Gangs of New York on here Love Actually The Grey 
all those random movies about the yeah. computer non-stop all those tons of them but Dean three already so oh this is going is, beautifully you've already clinched the first round <laughs> but let's go with our last two Robin Williams Jumanji Mrs. Doubtfire What Dreams May Come Book Goodwill Hunting Awakenings uh, Aladdin Insomnia Stop it, Shane. <laughs> oh, one hour photo. That's it. <laughs> I had it in my head. Top by one. Like, now I have to think of another one. And, and I was, I was struggling time. after insomnia and I thought, oh, Robin Williams, bad guy. What else is he a bad guy in? One hour photo. Boom. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the time pressure is, I, I, you know, it's like if I had the time, I could. Name more, but no, it's. I can't remember if either either of you said uh, Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the, first yeah. One. It was the first one. Yeah. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam, Bicentennial Man. Yeah, that's those two I saw. It, it's Flubber, Dead Poet Society, yeah, Birdcage. Yeah, oh, there's heaps. It's harder than it than it looks. I'm telling you, it, it's that for fun. you, for you, Shane. <laughs> yeah, for me. I'm killing this yeah, game. You're just killing me. Let's just chalk apart. it up to nerves. We'll talk it up to nerves. All right, last game here, Shane, Mark Wahlberg. Um, Boogie Nights. Uh, oh, what? What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I have no idea. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. Yep. Are you gonna say one at least? I was trying to think of that one with the rock. Um, is it Pain and Glory or Pain That's and Game? That's what you're going for. <laughs> Pretty well, obscure I, Mark Wahlberg film. I got that in my head and I was like, all right, what's that one called? Oh, God, I don't know what it's called. Oh, God. And then I was like, The Sixth Sense? No, it's Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm not going to embarrass you with the... Thanks the, for the free point. The, oh, I will, actually. Departed. Oh, yeah. Yep, Ted 1 and 2. Too many. Well done, mate. But first round over. Dean, well done. 4 to 1. Nice, I'll take that. that round. But as I said, we are retiring that game and we're bringing in a new game that we're going to be establishing into our regular Pod V Pod rotation. And that one is... I said, and I quote. And if you couldn't tell from that bumper, it is all about movie quotes, this one. Now, this will be a little bit different to our regular Pod V Pod once we get into it, because what I've got here is five movies with three quotes from each movie. Now, I'll say a quote from the movie. You guys can buzz in with your names if you want to. Three, po- three points on the first one, two on the second, and one on the third quote. So I'll say a quote. If you think you know it, take a guess. If you get it wrong, you're locked out for the next one. So don't just go shooting off your mouth if you if you have no idea. All right, let's do it, guys. Remember, buzzers are your names. Bitch, you don't have a future. That's a tough one. I got nothing. No. All right, I'll move on. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Well, that sounds somewhat familiar. Nah. No idea. All right, last one here. You and I have unfinished business. Shane, Kill Bill, volume one? No! (laughs) (laughs) Of course there's not volume one. It's Bill that says that last one, isn't it? You have a shot. Oh, uh, Kill Bill, volume two. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'm pretty sure she says it in Kill Bill 1 as well. She says it in Kill Bill 2 to Bill. Uh, yeah, but doesn't she say that... But I'm pretty sure she, they don't say wakey, wakey, Doesn't wakey, she say that when she goes to Vanita Green's house? it's all three that oh. need to be in there. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. One point for you, mate. 
Here we go. Second movie. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from here. Nothing. No. Second quote. We was always taking long walks as we was always looking for a guy named Charlie. No idea. Maybe. I'm not confident, though. No? So I'll I'll leave it. All right. Last quote. Mama said they'd take me anywhere. They said they were my magic shoes. God, okay. It's not what I thought it was. Um, Mama said they'd take me anywhere. My magic shoes. Shane, is it Forrest Gump? It is Forrest Gump. Oh, I'll trust you to put Forrest Gump in there. <laughs> Should have got it from Mama alone. <laughs> Mama, dead. <laughs> All right, one point apiece. Heading into the third movie. I can read. That's right, I can read. Nah. 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 The first one's always the hardest. Yeah. Second quote. He touched the butt. Uh... Dean? Yes. Finding Nemo? Very good. Nice. No. No idea. Last quote was, wow, I wish I could speak whale. Not a whole lot of easy either. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, here we go. What are we at? The fourth movie here. And Dean, you're on three. Shane, you're on one. You must become more than just a man in the mind of your... Dean. Batman begins. Wow. You didn't let me finish the quote. That was a three-pointer, wasn't it? God, I wonder how easy the one-pointer was going to be on that one. I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other two I had was, if someone stands in the way of true justice, you simply walk up behind them and stab them in the heart. And justice is balanced. You burnt my house and left me for dead. Consider us even. Yep, fair enough. All right. I think you've won it already. Wiping the floor. Five to one with three points available in this game. There goes all my looking up the box office and Academy (laughs) Award trivia. Here we go. Last movie. At last we meet. Our brief government through the letter hole was not, shall we say, satisfactory, yes? Nah. All right. How about quote two? Can you spare some cutter, me brother? Oh, I know that. Oh, I don't... Shane... Clockwork Orange. Very good. Clockwork Orange. Nice. I was singing Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> Last quote I had was, we were all feeling a bit shagged and fagged and fashed, it being a night of no small expenditure. Would you have picked up on that one? It's possible I would not have. Well, luckily, you're already won. Well done, mate. Second game done. Nice. Really representing the IMDb journey proud here. Well, that's what I came here to do. <laughs> all right. Third game, guys. And this one's called... Scholars of Trivia. And it's basically the same premise as the Movie Quotes game, where I have five movies with three pieces of trivia about the movie. Three points if you get it right in the first piece of trivia. Two and one. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. All right. Here we go. Movie one. The town was in Chinese Camp California and was, in an eerily fitting way, destroyed by lightning in 1996. Eerily fitting. Hmm. Nah. Alright, Shane? No, no idea, sorry. Moving on. Trivia 2. The drive-in theatre was constructed specifically for this film. It was built in Monument Valley and demolished immediately after filming. No films were ever screened there. Still got nothing. Nah, I'm moving on, Dean. Okay. One point. A bottle of Tabasco sauce is visible at the saloon during the wake-up juice scene. It has the design consistent with the... Dean, back to Future Part 3. Very good. Well done. 
<laughs> Shane just looks on in mystery. Well, I'm thinking, where's the drive-through scene? I can't think of it. Where is it? Right at the start when he he goes back to the west. Oh, oh now I got it. I got it. I got it. Ah, oh. yes, you got it. Well done. <laughs> no points for that one. <laughs> All right, movie two, guys. The nudist Indian yoga instructor is named Nanji. Nanji refers to a naked woman in the Hindi language. Could be the hardest trivia I put on this one, actually. Okay. (laughs) I don't feel as bad for having no idea what you're talking about. This might help out a little bit. This is the second film by Walt Disney Animation Studios to be grossed over a billion dollars in total revenue, the first being Frozen. Those two trivias are a bit weird together, aren't they? Yeah, I'm... Did you say naked Indian yoga instructor is in the first one, first weird trivia? Yes. And that person's in the movie? I didn't say that. It might be. I'm just, I'm just reading the trivia, mate. Dean, Beauty and the Beast? No. There's that a mean, really easy one for <laughs> the last one. <laughs> yeah, that means Shane, uh, Dean's locked out for the last one, so you get a free reign of this one for one point. Okay. There are no reptiles, birds, fish, or amphibians throughout the entire movie. Instead, there are only mammals and occasional flies. This was in keeping with the prey and predator theme of the film. I've I've no idea, but I'll just say, is it the Lion King? No. No. What are you guys picking movies that were before Frozen? I can't I'm well, not no. I'd say the remake of Beauty and the Beast, and I'm sure. Oh, from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Zootopia. Oh, I wasn't oh. getting that. Man, yeah, I, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, well, pretty hard. I can't hold that you. Grossed over a billion. It did. Jesus. All right, one to nil. Heading into the third movie here. Going beautifully. <laughs> hey, you're up. That's all you need to. That's all you need to be. Just up by. Doesn't matter. Third movie. The film uses mainly shades of yellow, brown, and grey, as if the colour film stock were old and weathered. That could be a lot of things. No guesses. Nah, sorry. I'm not locking myself out of this. Alright, number two. The character of Big Chris was allegedly based on real-life ex-gangster Dave Courtney. Nothing is ringing a bell there. Big Chris. Nope. Alright, we'll move on. One point. The scene where Ed forgot to bring the guns to the robbery was added because someone forgot to bring the props to the set. (laughs) No idea. Wow. (laughs) No. So you're saying it's, it's old, it's yellow film... Not like an old movie, but it's stylized to look old. Gangsters, Ed, mate, I, I don't know. I've got All no right. idea. We'll pass on this one. It was Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, Big Chris. Okay, yeah. God. There was a piece of trivia about Big Chris and Vinnie Jones. I thought, eh, that might have tipped it right over the edge. <laughs> All right, still 1-0. Fourth movie. In an interview with Roger Ebert upon the film's release, the director called it my feminist film because it makes macho to its logical conclusion. The better man is the man who can kill you. This movie shows that kind of thinking, shows the kind of problems some men have, bouncing back and forth between their perception of women as goddesses and whores. Nothing? No. (laughs) I mean... That was a big piece of trivia. That was huge. (laughs) A lot of good information there. This one's no different. Trivia 2. The film was shot on a tight schedule, largely on location in 1974 during a sweltering New York City summer. The conditions of the shoot helped define the film from the night shooting during a heat wave to the street shooting during the garbage strike. (laughs) Shane looks like he has something here. Oh, I was just, I was so surprised that that was the piece of trivia because it was just like, 
and <laughs> and the movie is called <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah I don't know jeez All these right. are hard trivia things Hendo alright here we go last piece of trivia Martin Scorsese was reluctant to edit the climactic and very bloody shootout to avoid an ex Dane taxi driver yeah aha oh okay just trying, like, trying to piece, piece all the trivia together. <laughs> <laughs> New York streets. Well, Scorsese. If, if I'm doing anything right, I'm getting the, the number one, the, like the one point piece it's, of trivia right. Yeah. That's so, right. so how many points am I on? Two. Two. So half the time you are. Yeah. Well, for you. <laughs> Shane would be like, none of this trivia is right. <laughs> but you're not locked out yet, Shane. We've got one more movie left. And if you get it on the uh, three-pointer, you'll win. And as uh, history has shown so far, that's probably not going to happen. But let's go with it. Trivia one. The budget wouldn't cover police assistance for traffic control, so in the scene where an actor forces a woman out of her car and drives off in it, he could only do so when the traffic lights were green. Okay, I'll, I'll just... Shane, is it Reservoir Dogs? Bang! Oh, yeah! <laughs> I'm on fire! <laughs> right when it counts. That's bullshit. <laughs> Uh, the other two I had was, for the European release, the distributor used one-sheet posters for each of the main characters. This was quite a novel strategy at the time, which has now been widespread. And the last one was, voted best independent film ever by Empire Magazine. It was also the most influential movie in the past 15 years by the same magazine. Boom. Three points. That's a win. Thank you. I'm, f- I'm feeling a little better now. It's a little bit of a confidence boost. I'm distraught. <laughs> well, yeah. two to one so far, heading into the fourth game, which is... And again, same way we've been doing it. I've okay. got three taglines per movie. Three points, two points, one point. Three taglines per movie. That's right. All right, here we go. Movie one. Miracles happen in the most unexpected places. And we'll get locked out if we answer wrong, won't we? Correct. Nope. No. I mean, I could guess, but no. All right. Tagline two. Paul Edgecombe didn't believe in miracles until the day he met one. Well, that sounds familiar. Dean, the Green Mile. Very good. Wow. Nice. Yep. Good get. And the last one was walk a mile you'll never forget. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was it's Green Mile. (laughs) (laughs) All right, movie two. The battle for tomorrow has begun. Dean, Independence Day. No, lockdown. Here you go, Shane. Yep. This time, there are two. Now, bearing in mind, if you get it wrong here, you will lock yourself out for the last one. Okay. You're not locked out for good. You're just locked out for the two-pointer. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, I would have guessed. Oh, he's not locked out permanently. No. I thought I was locked out the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, we'll go to the one point. I don't... All right. One point. Same make, same model, new mission. Nah, really? It's, really? Oh, it's hard. It is hard. I'm just trying to put, like, the battle for tomorrow as some sort it's, of battle. I'm th- I was thinking, like, alien stuff. Yeah. Then you say, this time there's two of us. It makes me think it's a sequel. Well, obviously, it has to be a sequel. Yeah, it has to be a sequel. I'm going to call it. It sounds familiar, but I have no idea. Yeah. Nah. What is it? Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Same makes it. Oh, yep. Good. Yeah, good. 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 Yeah. I was thinking car. As soon as you said make and model, <laughs> I was like, okay, movie cars. What do we oh. got? <laughs> This, this time there's two of us. There's two terms. That's good, yeah. All right. Third movie. You never forget your second time. I don't know. Nope. Yep, sorry. Tagline two. He's not coming alone. I have a feeling, but I'll, I'll, I'll save it for the one-pointer. All right. One point. 
from the studio that killed Wolverine. Oh, Dean Deadpool 2? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I was mulling over a Deadpool, but I thought I should... Gotta pull that trigger. Gotta pull that trigger. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's just just (laughs) guess, you know, it's guessy, but yeah. Yeah. I gave it to you. Oh, you gave it to me. Thank you. Yeah, I think my record will show that you did not give it to me. You know, you know what it is. It's like you. It's like my my head said Deadpool. I mean, I probably didn't have Deadpool too. My head said Deadpool, but then another voice said, "Don't say anything. You'll look like an idiot if you're wrong." And here we are anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Two movies left. Dean is on three to Shane's nil. So, still, still can get there. Here we go. Tagline one. Luck has nothing to do with the games they play. Yeah, need another quote. Yeah, next one. No one stays at the top forever. Oh, gee, I know that. Oh, that's... Okay, yep, okay. Um, Shane, Casino. Very good. Nice, nice. I think that was on the DVD that I used to own, that one. Not well, the first one, but the second one, yeah. Would you have two DVDs of Casino? No, your first... Your first... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody does. Somebody does. If you, the uh, the last quote was they had it all. They ran the show, and it was paradise while it lasted. Fair enough. All right, three to two. This is anyone's game. Here we go. Tagline one: crime, passion, and lust for power. Nope. All right. Tagline two: as boys, they said they would die for each other. As men, they did. Wow. It makes you think. I'm going through a lot of movies, but. Yeah, it's, it's I tough. Can't, I can't land on any of them. It's like, no. Yeah. All right, moving on. Which means I've won this game. <laughs> oh, no! It can tie. It can tie? Okay, okay. So no. I'll leave it to you. Do you want to take a stab now for the win or move on for a potential tie? Bearing in mind, if you get it wrong, you're locked out and you will lose. Okay. Um. Nah, all right, I'll call it. We're moving on. Yeah. Here we go. One point. As boys, they made a pact to share their fortunes, their loves, their lives. As Dean, men. once upon a time in America? Bang, there it is. What? <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Once Upon a Time in America, Shane? <laughs> it's my favourite movie. <laughs> Help. He was giving that to you. He was giving, giving it to you. Like, Do you want to have a guess? <laughs> these, these questions are like, it's like, here, Casino. Here. <laughs> I am still getting thrashed. I was looking at him like, well, how can I have Shane, how can I give Shane the biggest possible advantage? <laughs> <laughs> but that is going to do it. Dean. Three to one so far, so that means you clinch, bro v bro. Well, it's uh, it's been an honour. I'd like to thank my uh, my bro for putting up no fight whatsoever. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I I'd try, but you know, I knew you you just know too much, too much about movies. And thank um, you. <laughs> like, I, I think I'm a bit of a movie nerd, but yeah, you, you've you've outdone me. You've outnerded me. You you understand what's going on. I would more. say it's the other uh, the 25 pod v pods he's done as well as yeah, training yeah. led <laughs> right up to this day. Oh, but great great questions. Like, thank you, thank um, you. Looked them up myself. No, they were really good. Honestly, good okay. job, good job, Quizmaster Hendo. Thank you very much. But it's not over, of course, because we still have round five, which is our movie drive. The movie That's what the paper in my pocket's for. (laughs) All right. Now, fittingly, we've gone for brothers in movies. Now, this isn't movies with brothers, movies about brothers. This is the actual brothers in movies. Yeah, which did alter my list because I was, I found myself looking for 
random brothers in films that <laughs> there's brothers in this film. This film's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'll do. But no, it's actually much more focused on the brothers. So, All right, Shane, we always let our guests go first. Well, they get to choose if they'd like to go first or take it second. So what I'll, do you want to do? I'll go first. You're going to go first, are yeah. you? All right, so we'll start it off with you, mate. What is going to be your number one draft pick? Yep, my number one pick will be um, Mufasa and Scar from The Lion King. Not the remake. I haven't seen it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it's really good. You should check it out. But you can pick the remake if you want to. <laughs> you can put it's it still on. Can be very yeah. eligible. All right, Dean, two picks. Go for it, mate. Okay, I'm going to take Michael and Fredo Corleone from The Godfather. We'll go part two. Part two doesn't really matter, does it? I'm just putting up Michael and Fredo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering which Corleone brothers you're going to go for. You're going to go Sonny and Michael, Sonny and Fredo. Uh, Sonny, Sonny and Fredo, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just leave they Michael are, out of that the one. Corleone. <laughs> technically, he could go all three, couldn't he? I mean, yeah, you could. Do you want yeah. to? No, I don't. Ooh, <laughs> it's all about part two. All right, second one, mate. What do you got? All right, I'll take one of my personal favourites. I'll take Derek and Daniel Vineyard from American History X. Okay, interesting choice. I know it's one of your favourites, but is it a is it a big popular popular brotherhood? We'll, we'll find out, won't we? Shane, your second pick. Um, yes, I'm going all the way back to the 80s for this one. We're going to go with uh, four brothers uh, that grew up together. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really appealing to that, uh, all those children on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, kids, vote for your favourite cartoons. No, no. (laughs) well, those those kids have grown up now from the 80s, and now they're adults. So, Uh, very good. Very strategic from you, Shane. Didn't realise you had it in you. Now, are we stipulating, are you going with the animated turtles or, like, the, the live action? I'm going for the live action. 1989, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really? I thought that was 1990. Oh, well, a bit of trivia. I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like saying years and hoping they're right. Back to the 80s, I'm like, yeah, it could be 1990. <laughs> could be 1990. <laughs> I, I just, if it's not, if it's not, if it's 1990 and it's not 1990. Then you're disqualified. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll just be a blank photo because there are no turtles from the 89. <laughs> I don't even care. It's 89. No, I'll just have pictures of actual was, turtles that were that young. If it, were, if it was released in 1990, it was made in 1989. So, like, it's the same thing good, anyway. Good save. Good cover yeah. up. All right, your third pick, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go um, a bit, a little more ex- obscure here. I'm going to go um, Nicholas Van Orton and Connie Van Orton from The Game. So that's Sean Penn and Michael Douglas. Interesting. All right, yeah, that's uh, definitely obscure. I think it'll, it'll definitely help the draft when people see the picture of the two people. I just think they're really good brothers. <laughs> Which is why we're here today. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the, the brother relationship, it really affects me in that movie. Um, the lengths he will go to to give his brother a good happy birthday. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but don't, no spoilers. Still waiting for my present, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, two picks. What do you got? Give me Thor and Loki. That is a pick I was waiting to hear. I thought I thought I could get that a little further down. All right, very good. Next pick. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to spoil a movie. So if you haven't seen The Prestige yet and you're at all interested, skip forward a bit. But I'm going to take identical brothers, Alfred and Fallon Borden, played by Christian Bale. I'm sure they're going to be spoiled immediately when they see the picture of both of them. Well, on the draft. unlucky. <laughs> 
Alright, that is a good choice. I like that one too. Shane, you got two more picks to go. What do you got? Okay, so in the spirit of identical twin brothers, I'm going to go Charlie and Donald Kaufman from Adaptation. That's great, a good great pick. Great pick, great pick. Awesome. What was next on your list, was it? <laughs> Certainly higher up than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and is this my last pick? It is. Okay, I'm going to go with Raymond and Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man. Yeah, another decent pick. It was on my list. Way, way down the bottom. Okay. Okay, that is your team, Shane. Dean, you've got the last pick. What's it going to be? See, this is tough. Like, do I go with personal favourite or what's going to be more popular out there on the old film Twitter? You think after many, many, many drafts, you would know the answer to that. Yeah, as much as I want to give a shout-out to the brothers in Warrior, I'm actually going to take Jake and Elwood Blues from the Blues Brothers. Again, so late in the draft. I'm like, what? When I was thinking brothers in movies, I'm like, Blues Brothers? I mean, it's like the first one. But I don't like the Blues Brothers. That's not what it's about. (laughs) I haven't even seen that movie, so... Is it good? No. (laughs) It's not. I mean, it would have been... iconic brothers. It's funny brothers from the 80s. I'm sure it was very funny 30 years ago. Maybe it doesn't hold up as much now. Are you a big Dan Aykroyd fan? No. No, not not particularly, but I, I, I do like Jim Belushi. I know he's not in it, but... You, um, Jeffries, and your Jim Belushi. Bloody <laughs> Mr. Destiny. Shit. I mean, John. I mean, I'm, I haven't seen John Belushi or anything, but I know he's in that, and and it's like it's like weird. It's like, isn't that Jim Belushi? Isn't that James Belushi? It's like, no, 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 John. It's like, oh, John, Jim, James. Yeah, yeah. There's too many of them. They don't make it easy for us. I mean, I, I'd be more interested in the Blues Brothers if it did have Jim Belushi with John Belushi. <laughs> if they were actual, yeah, brothers. Real, Are yeah. they brothers? Yeah. Oh, nice. What's the last name? Jake and Roy, what? Blues. It's a blues. Makes sense. Can you say it louder and keep that in? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the teams. Let's go through them. Shane, you've got Mufasa and Scar, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Nick and Connie Van Orton from The Game, Charlie and Donald Kaufman from Adaptation, and Raymond and Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man. And Dean, you've gone with the very interesting pick of... Michael. Why is that interesting? Because you had the option to go with all three. Ah, who cares about Sonny? Michael and Fredo Corleone. Derek and Daniel Vineyard from American History X. Thor and Loki. Alfred and Fallon Borden from The Prestige. And Jake and Elroy Blue. Z? Blues? (laughs) Blues. Blues. From the Blues Brothers. Makes sense, doesn't it, Hedda? It does. (laughs) All right. We will have this draft already done by the time this episode comes out. Because it is a blind draft. I'm very curious to see if Shane can get a little bit of back here. How do you think you'll go? Um, I think, no, I think, um, you know, I think Dean has a lot of really popular picks on there. It is a popular vote, Chad. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is going to go down with a lot of people. No, I think, I think there's a lot of um, closet the game fans out there that, <laughs> that'll, that'll come out in droves. You know, I just... <laughs> Well, I mean, if you've seen the game and... and Don't don't get me wrong, I love the game, but... Yeah. Interesting early pick from you, Shane. You've definitely gone more personal than popular. Well, I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? I mean... No, it's more popular. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nah, uh, we could be be giving you shit here and you've probably won in like a 60% victory. Who knows? We'll find out. Well, we'll find out soon, but you guys already know once this episode comes out. So that's going to do it for Bro V Bro. Shane, it's been Uh, a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It was amazing. Uh, just like 
how I imagined it in my head. <laughs> All the glamour and glitz yeah. of Aussie podcasting. Yeah. I've been drinking champagne in the bar for <laughs> coming on. I've got my VIP um, sheath. Yeah, it's it's on it's on my body, and um, we we got the limo for I'm, you to come I'm, down in. Yeah, tonight we're gonna go get it. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, IMDb <laughs> journey tattoos matching. <laughs> My, yeah, you, my go first, Shane, a, you go first, Shane. You go first. I'm getting the South Park with the blonde hair. He's, he's, get, he's, get, he's going there. So it, it's a it's a day I'll never forget. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. You've really, really um, boosted my ego, made me look good, <laughs> and I will never, ever, ever be anything but very appreciative of what you've done for me today. Thank so thank you, Brother Shane. Thank you, Brother Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and me personally, I want to say... Like a big thank you to you, Shane. You are easily our our patron, our awesome patron. You've been you've been there from the start, basically from from Die Hard all the way up. I think the only two reviews you didn't get in was Die Hard and Hutchie. I don't blame you for Hutchie. Oh, I was I had bronchitis <laughs> and I hadn't slept in. Coincidentally, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an amazing show. I'm glad to be on board with the. You're talking about Hutchie, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for um, any of the listeners out there, just uh, if you got anything to plug, anything you want to uh, shout out before you go? No, not really. Just a big shout out to you guys, and I uh, hope everyone keeps listening to the show and enjoying it as much as I am. Fantastic. Good Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Shane. All right. Thank you very much, Shane. And obviously, we'll hear from you very soon. Bye. All right, mate. Let's get into. Answer my question. The question, jerk. Where we asked you is, what is your favourite fashion-related film? And let's take a look at some responses on Twitter. First up, from podcast favourite Gidget Von LaRue, going out on a limb here, The Women in 1939. Is that the whole movie? Like, is that called The Women in 1939? Or was it called The Women and it was made in 1939? Well, it's from 1939. Well, it could have been The Women in 1939. Oh, up, <laughs> Ice says, Devil Wears Prada. As does Gerard Highway, Devil Wears Prada. What about this one? Low Carb Monster 8 says The Neon Demon. You seen that one? No, I have not. Do you know anything about that? There's a neon poster with a blonde girl on the front. I believe it's Elle Fanning. Uh, Elle Fanning, Directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. So you haven't seen it? Absolutely not. Come on, it's Nicholas Winding Refn. That guy's terrible. From Joey Hoff. H-O-U-G-H. Is that it? Multiple, multiple H's there? Hoff. H-O-U-G-H would be Hoff, wouldn't it? Could be Hoff. Well, if it was T, it'd be tough. So I'll go Huff from Joey Huff, Zoolander. Last week's winner, Dave Examines Movies, says The Devil Wears Prada. Ghost of the Stratosphere says, oh, definitely clueless. Here's one from David Powell. I love Blow Up and Zoolander, but in the interest of being unique, I'll go Chiwetel Ejiofor in The Frock for the Win with Kinky Boots. There's ne- a mouthful. Never heard of it. Uh, Glyn Davies, 88, I'm not sure what he's on about, but he says, surely there is more to life than just being really, really, really ridiculously good looking. You don't know what he's going on about. That's Zoolander, obviously. Very yeah. good. Here's one from Chewbacca's Beard, Personal Shopper. You like Personal Shopper, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, me too. It's a good film. Good. Not at number one, though. No. Gwen Ruhoff says, totally clueless. Here's one from Jay at the Super Movie Bros, The Neon Demon. And lastly on Twitter, from Jessica Joy Newark, Breakfast at Tiffany's. All right, let's head over to our Patreon for our lovely, awesome, amazing patrons. First one from Josephine Olnitz. Oh, so many good ones. But I'll have to say, The Devil Wears Prada. Dan Brennick says Zoolander, I guess. <laughs> Maybe not a fan of fashion films. <laughs> Brian Grabianowski says, With crazy pills, a garbage-themed lineup, and a Bowie cameo, it's got to be Zoolander. Brother Shane says, Devil Wears Prada. New patron, Cecil Hops, says, 101 Dalmatians. 
Brianna Petty says Clueless. And our last one here from Mr. Chris Beardsall. Personal shopper. Quite enjoyed this small drama about grief that has a paranormal twist. Thank you very much to everyone who put in a response. But Dean, it is time to get to our top five fashion-related films. All right, mate, we will start off with you. As always, what is your number five? My number five is Clueless. Have you seen Clueless? I have, and I did not like it. Oh, really? Did you watch it late? Yeah, maybe a year or so ago. Okay, well, I I don't know how you're going to take this fifth one here, but my number five is Ocean's 8. About fashion. Yes. Are they stealing a dress, are they? The whole thing takes place at the Met Fashion Gala. Ah, must have missed that. While I was dozing in the cinema. (laughs) I knew it. And my number four, we mentioned it before, Personal Shopper. It's a very good choice. My number four is Pretty Woman. Nice. My number three, Zoolander. Ah, tick it off my list as well. That is my number three as well. Here we go. My number two, Pretty Woman. Ah, well, why don't we just swap out two and four around? Because my number two is Personal Shopper. Okay, and my number one. I mean, if anyone has heard us before, especially on our top films of 2017. Man, I love this film. Came out of nowhere right at the end of the year. Maybe even January for us. Oh, no, it was later than that. It was February. I'm pretty sure this is the last last film we watched. This is the last one we watched just before we made our top ten. Got on there. You didn't have it on there. And then you watched it the week later and said, no, no, it's straight up to like my number two. It is, of course, Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Phantom Thread. Thread. Great film. It really is. All right, Dean, it's time to check out the competition and see who is going to win our latest competition. (laughs) Let's do it. All right, so we had seven people pick Phantom Thread overall. Quite small, honestly. I thought it was going to get a lot more I mean, it would be more if you stopped picking the same movie as me every weekend, though. I could say the same thing. I'm pretty sure I liked that film before you did. I'm pretty sure I like it more than you do. Yeah, okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's put all the people in a random number generator and let's see who we're going to get. And we've got... Milstead on Movies over on Twitter. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure he, I think he was a runner-up in one of our old top fives we did. Nice. So he finally gets there with a win here. So well done, buddy. We'll get in contact with you and we'll send you out some sweet, sweet merch. Fantastic work there, mate. All right, and for next week's question of the week, since we're doing Mad Max Fury Road, we're going to ask, what is your favourite post-apocalyptic movie? Which, of course, will be our top five. Can't wait. Sounded incredibly sarcastic. Well, now I've got to think of what, you know, a post-apocalyptic movie would be. Like, are we counting, like, zombie stuff? Is it post-apocalyptic? I don't know. Is a zombie apocalypse apocalyptic? (laughs) I think you answered your question there. (laughs) Well, only because I've worded it that way. But, like, 28 Days Later, for example, is that post-apocalyptic? Well, why don't we do some uh, research? And if you think it is, you can put it on your list. It's your list. You do what you want. Oh, thank you, kind sir. I know I will do it. I know you were restrained. I'm just asking for an opinion. Can I put this movie on? You're the one not giving an opinion. I'm asking for your opinion. It's like, oh, you do what you want. You do what you want. Your list. Way to sit on the fence there. If I don't think it's a post-apocalyptic film, I won't put it on my list. Fence Citizen? Fence Citizen. What was I going for then? Fence Sitter. Fence. Fence Sitter. Fence Citizen? Citizen? Stop saying Citizen. I don't know. Moving on. Okay. There's this tournament. Let the tournament mate it's time to get into our new 1990s film tournament now because this is not a even bracket we've got a couple of first round matches to get them into the round of 32 so let's take a look at those matches first match here is the number 32 film a skier what is that no idea is it foreign yes is it indian don't know okay up against Number 33, Jurassic Park. You tell me a skier is higher than Jurassic Park. Yes, I believe a skier is called A Wednesday, from memory. Ring, about, ring any bells? No, it does not. 
Next up, we have the 25th seed Heat up against number 40, Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's enough. Yeah, that'll you get, do. You get the idea. Next match, number 24, LA Confidential against the one that just scrapes in, number 41, The Legend of 1990. What are these movies? <laughs> What is this L.A. Confidential you speak? <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Um, next up, we have Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels up against The Truman Show. Now, that will be a good battle. Yes, it will. How about this one? Number 28, Casino against your favourite, number 37 in the name of the father. Gee, I wonder which one will win there. <laughs> More so which one you think will win. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what will win there. Well, I don't know. There's only one right answer there. There is one good movie... <laughs> And one not good. <laughs> That's your opinion. What about this match, Dean? The Sixth Sense up against Fargo. Damn. Oh, man. Oh, Brutal. Gee, that's tough. That is tough. Next match here, the number 26 seed, Unforgiven, against number 39, Lahane. Very good. And lastly, another great battle. We've got the number 30 seed, Train Spotting, up against the number 35 seed, The Big Lebowski. There are some awesome matches. And this what I'm is thinking. just to get into the tournament. I know. Basically. I'm looking at the matches coming up as well. There are some, there are some awesome matches. This is going to be great. It will be. All right, before we get into what else I've been watching, it's time for our podcast shout-out, and it is from the guys over at the Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Now, if you're into your comic books, your comic book needs... Like me. ...or your nerdy culture... Love that stuff. Ghosts of the Stratosphere is one of the best out there. We've had him on the show once before for a Pod V Pod, and uh, I think it was the very rare 50-50 tie in the draft that we did. Really? Yeah, our only tie in the draft. I mean, yes, I remember that well. <laughs> Man, you can't even remember like last week, so I don't, 50-50 I don't blame 50-50 in the draft. Yeah, it was Jesus. awesome. Jesus. No, but those guys are great. If you're into all your nerd culture and your comic books, get on over there and check them out. They are a great podcast. So we'll play their promo and we'll see you on the other side with what else we've been watching. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And why, why are you stopping me? Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie-related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there, and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and my new favourite way of listening to the show, which is Podcoin. Now, Dean, we both listen to a lot of podcasts Ourselves. So how can we not love this new podcast app that literally pays you as you listen? Yeah, Podcoin have taken the next step in your listening experience by letting you earn Podcoins gradually as you listen, which you can then exchange for rewards like Amazon gift cards or even let you donate to various charities. Sounds great to me, mate. You can download the podcast app right now on your iPhone or Android device. And if you sign up using the code IMDB Journey, you'll get 300 Podcoin to get you started. It's a great way to listen to our show and all the other amazing podcasts out there too. 
Amazing. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterbox.com slash dino underscore j88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us on Twitter or Facebook, we'll send you out some sweet merch. We've actually got a new review this week. And it's from Grabert. The INDB Journey podcast breaks down films with two distinct voices and often reveals contrasting but equally valid perspectives. Hear that, Hendo? Valid perspectives. This process of understanding transcends the films, thus encouraging the listener to approach real-life circumstance through multiple lenses. The fluent banter between Daniel and Dean, no favourites, just alphabetical. Sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Is concocted with a rare and natural chemistry unrivaled. Lastly, the Patreon content delivers as the cherry on top. Well worth the small price tag. Wow, that is a stunning review. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. I mean, I, I mirror exactly what you said, mate. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Awesome. Good stuff. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on a top 250 list. Yeah, we've actually got over 50 episodes on there now. We've gone through some notable directors' filmographies, such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. That's right. There's also tons of other benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put up on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, for our special one-year anniversary over on Patreon, we're doing another Q&A episode. We'll get our patrons to give us a whole bunch of questions that they want answered. Boy, oh boy, there were some interesting questions, I might say. Yeah, some doozies. So we love our patrons and it's great uh, It's great hearing back from them as much as we can and answering what they want to know is, is always a joy. Yeah, we didn't hold back. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad. All right, Hendo, before we get into what else we've been watching, just a quick reminder to all of our listeners that we will not be spoiling the films we're about to speak about. So if you haven't had a chance to watch them yet, don't worry, we won't ruin them for you. All right, mate. How many films have you seen in the last fortnight that you're going to be talking about? total of five. But in fairness to me, I saw two that I honestly thought were new watches for me. And then, you know, about halfway into these movies, I realised I'd already seen them. Classic Dean memory. And for those wondering, they were Layer Cake and Detachment. Fair enough. Both good films, but both I'd seen. Well, you've spoken about them enough, haven't you? Haven't you? Sure. <laughs> How many have you seen, Hendo? I have seen 13. You watch too many movies, Hendo. <laughs> Why don't you go walk the dog or something? <laughs> <laughs> the movie watching doesn't take up the entire day. Oh, now, obviously, this section is called What Else Have Been Watching, but the bumper for this is The Good, The Bad. Man, I'm telling you, 13 films, I have one good. Oh, what? Much like last week, man, it is... I, I don't know what's going on. And a lot of these are 2019 films. I'm telling you, 2019 so far has been a rough year. I think I'm up to, like, nearly 80 films from 2019. And I, got to, I think there's more bad films I've seen. Mind you, though, I do have a collection of films that I've been told or shown that these are generally good films that I'm sort of putting on the back burner. And I've really been, really been looking at... Uh, these other terrible films that I kind of know are terrible. Speaking of which, my number 13 is the god-awful Hellboy. God-awful, you say? This film is just a... Did you like the other two Hellboy movies? I mean, the other three. Is there three of them? There is three. What's the third one called? Hell... 
Hellboy 3. Oh. <laughs> is that Del Toro? No. And I think I've only seen the first two. I can't remember. I didn't those. even know there was a third. Is this one The Golden Army or something? Yeah, I think it is called The Golden Army. Okay. But this film is, it's it's a mess. It's ridiculous. It's, did you see Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters? No, no. The Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Gemma no. Arthur. Oh, it reminded me so much of that. Just, it's, it's horrible. It's, they try to make it funny, but it's just so brutally violent as well. Like really over the top, wincingly violent. And it's not good. Like the story's awful. I didn't even, I couldn't even follow it properly. Like this Hellboy, is he supposed to be some sort of like, he's an ex demon or something, but he, he's played like a bumbling doofus in this film. Doofus. The story is incoherent. Mila Jovovich is in it as some weird witch. I have no idea. Never a good sign. The whole film is just an absolute travesty. It is a... I was not entertained in the slightest throughout this film. The CGI is horrific. For a big budget film like this, it is horrific. This is another half-star film. (laughs) Ouch. Okay, we have two reviews here for Hellboy. First one from Louis Ream. I've been to Hellboy and back and lived to talk about it. It was more of a spectacle for the eyes than a soliloquy for the ears. Often badly acted and written with just above subpar effects, we find safe harbour in the depiction of titular character. I only feel slightly burned for having seen it. Louis, you do put in some rather unique reviews, I'll tell you that. And another one here from The Ghost of the Stratosphere. Hellboy is pretty much one Easter egg after another aimed at fans of the comic. It's a movie that is written poorly and is hard to follow, but honestly, I kind of enjoyed it just because I was happy to see so many moments from the comic. All right, so you guys were happy because it was from the comic. Okay. I've never seen a comic about it. Uh, don't you mean read? You read comics, Endo. I can see it with my eyes. You don't see comics, you read comics. I've never read a comic. Ever? But maybe when I was like 10, I don't know. You've never read it. Can you please just read a comic for me? You give me a comic and I'll, I'll read it. Really? But be gentle. Don't give me like a 500 page novel comic. I'll give you a graphic novel. Oh, so it's a graphic novel now, is it? Well, I thought it was a comic. Well, you know. No, I don't. You know how it is. No, I don't. Please enlighten me. All right, I'll give I'll give you a graphic novel. Let me think about it. Year one. Off air. <laughs> not, not year one. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking about it. <laughs> All right, moving on to my number 12. Tolkien. Heard about this one? Tolkien. Yeah. You said talking. No, I said Tolkien. I've heard about it. It looks so boring, Oh, though. is it boring? Like, I don't... <laughs> Obviously, it's a true story about J.R.R. Tolkien. Is it a good story? Or no, is it some it, writer who writes great stories, obviously? It is but. about J.R.R. Tolkien and his story before he writes the books. You know, he was in the war, his love interest, his friends. Is it g- movie worthy? It's boring as fuck, man. It's just, it's slow and it's just a lot of nonsense talking. Is Amelia Clark the girl? No. Who is it? I feel like it's one of those British actors. Not Lily Jane. Lily Collins? Oh, okay. Perhaps. I can't remember. It's so forgettable. It feel it goes for like an hour 50, but it feels like two hours 50. Slow, boring, one and a half stars, which moves me to my number 11, which is Ugly Dolls. Heard of that one? Uh, it's an animated thing. Looks like trolls. Pretty much. Yeah. I sort of equate it to uh, Duck Duck Goose from last year. Did I see that? Yeah, we both did. Terrible. It's just... It's a dumb, oh, yeah, it's a dumb yeah, kids yeah. animated dumb film. Dumb kids animated film. Yep. I mean, I'm with you. the voice actors, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, Pitbull, Pitbull what? is in this. Does he rap? He raps to his own music. Nice. There are times where this Pitbull character is going around and bloody music from Pitbull is playing in the background. I can't stand this Pitbull idiot. And to have him singing his own songs made it even worse. It's a dumb film. Uh, it's a, it's one of those films that is obviously catered directly to kids with no adult enjoyment whatsoever. One and a half. Okay. 
And I'll continue the conversation here. My number 10, Gojira, King of the Monsters. Not a fan? Absolutely not. It's just all over the joint. I I don't mind the 2013 Godzilla. I thought that was okay. I think you said the human characters were just nothing. There's so many human characters in this film that are just there. I didn't care about any of them. You look, even you look like you've already forgotten the film. Vera Farmiga. No, I didn't mind. That. I don't know what I said. The human characters were okay. I think you just changed your tune there a little bit. I mean, you go there for the monsters. I mean, uh- yeah, but the thing is, there's just human characters this whole time. There's a like I'd say it's almost 50-50, maybe even more that you're dealing with all these these different characters and the interactions. I mean, there's so many of them. Sometimes not seeing something increases the anticipation of it. Didn't anticipate it. Do see it. Didn't anticipate it for me. I was so bored out of my mind with this film that when the monsters did get up and fight, it's like okay. Seen it better other places. Oh, no, look, we're back to this boring story of all these other people, these random soldier who's trying to survive and this daughter with the the parents and this Charles Dance villain guy who I did not care for at all. Snooze. One and a half. Fair enough. My number nine is a film that I actually forgot that I watched last time. It's a documentary called Game Changers. What's that about? It is a documentary hosted by Alex Trebek about television game shows featuring interviews with the hosts and producers. My God, this is an absolute circle jerk of television hosts talking about how good their shows are. (laughs) Like Alex Trebek talking to... Uh, Bob Barker, Drew Carey, Regis uh, filming like, how good's my show? My show's a lot better. I've been gone for so long. How good was it back in the 60s when I was, shut up. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's so bad. Calm down, Hendo. I, the, the things I liked about it was the footage of some of the game shows. I didn't care about these guys talking about it. I just like watching some of the game show footage. Two stars. Which brings me to my number eight film, new recent film, Crawl. The state of Florida has issued a Category 5 hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. Dad! That's right. And I can see why people would like it for its schlocky nonsense. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And you go into that film knowing it's ridiculous. Like, it's not a serious film. It's about a flooding and crocodiles inhabit under the basement and they, they act like they're these man-eating monsters where they tear people apart limb from limb. But you got to go in with that knowledge you got to go in with that mindset but it's still it's still terrible it's still nonsense i didn't i didn't enjoy it i felt there's just a lot of inconsistencies like not only you know with crocodiles tearing people limb for limb but just dumb semi-horror tropes like there's no way that this this would happen to this person in this situation like obviously anyone except the the main leads who can't die gets destroyed immediately one guy shows up bang he gets torn limb from limb but the the hero the the crocodile gives him a chomp I oh, know little cut on the shoulder I'm all good a cut <laughs> oh, oh I broke my leg oh that's all right just just wrap a belt around it you'll be right no his bone was showing that's not what happens <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb it's two stars and that brings me to my number seven film which is the film out of all these I had the most trouble putting a rating down on and that's Snowtown Snowtown yes I saw that too. 
Yes, you did. Now, if anyone who doesn't know what Snowtown is, it's a 2011 film from Australia based on true events about 16-year-old Jamie who falls in with his mother's new boyfriend and his crowd of self-appointed neighborhood watchmen. And it's a relationship that leads to a spree of torture and murder. And what do you give it? Two and a half. Because on one hand, it's it's so uncomfortably brutal and really, really hard to watch. And sometimes that's a good thing. Like, I don't mind films like that, but this one, I felt it just, it was nauseating. And I, I don't like that. I like that it's a true story. And this is like about a true serial killer in Australia back in the 90s, I believe. I don't know. I think the bad the bad stuff for this film just outweighed the good for me. And the bad was that it was nauseating watching it. I feel like it also ended very abruptly. I thought that was going to continue on. I was trying to get invested in this story, but the way it ended and then just comes up with the, the you know, what they do with true story films, they come up with the titles. What happened after this? I'm like, oh, okay, that was kind of a letdown. There just wasn't enough good for me with this film. But you're talking like you actually do like this film, so you can start off the conversation. Yeah? I do like this film. Okay. And I very much like you, definitely, it wasn't something I knew what I was going to give it. I thought about it a lot the next day about, you know, how I feel about this movie. Because as you say, this is an extremely tough movie to watch yep i like it's a there's torture scenes there's sodomy there's all very uncomfortable stuff in this film and i think what what saved it for me honestly is that it was a true story I feel like if I was watching this and this is just someone coming up with all this sick stuff yeah like hostel then I would sort of just think this is just this is sick Mm. why am I watching this where the fact that this is a true story this is what actually happened I definitely appreciated it more and that feeling of like uncomfortableness it's through the whole movie like I felt genuine dread watching this film it is a hard film to watch yeah there are scenes that that truly stay with you the but I really I mean (laughs) it's hard to say I enjoy this film Mm. but like you would you go watch it ever again no, but no. this film is incredibly effective. It achieves what it sets out to achieve. Now, I knew little about the bodies in the barrel murders from you know South Australia when I started watching it, but I learnt a lot. Um, the acting performances are stunning. I'm not sure how you can not think that. These people... You forget you're watching a movie sometimes. It feels so realistic. I must say the the main not not the the kid, but the actual serial killer, John Bunting. Yeah, I think his performance as he gradually went along from nice friendly boyfriend to yeah, yeah sadistic killer. Yeah. I think that was that was okay. That was I didn't mind that. And there's so much here that's it's a very Australian film. Yes. Like these are like this is a very, very, very poor town. I've never been in a town like this, but I can I can imagine this being very accurate. And what struck me is how open so many people are about these murders, which is what makes what makes this, you know, serial killer slash killers so different and unique is that normally it's one serial killer who will kill multiple people, normally unknown to them. This is a group of serial killers who kill people they very much know, often family members. And it's almost like this known and accepted secret in town. It's very, very unusual. And seeing it portrayed on screen whilst it was unsettling, I felt it was deliberately unsettling and achieved what it went out to achieve. And I respect the film. I And what struck me, honestly, is when the film ended, the, I, I agree with you, I wasn't a, a big fan of the ending at all. Um, it's very abrupt. 
But what struck me is afterwards I was like, oh, I want to know what happened. So mm. I go and look it up. I tell you right now, what actually happened is a lot worse. See, that's the thing I did. I didn't than what we I, were shown on screen. I didn't want to go find it out. It wasn't. Even, it didn't intrigue me enough. It wasn't even like the filmmakers were like, oh, let's embellish here. Mm. Let's really try and um, sicken the audience. They kept stuff out that is worse. I was like, holy shit! Because yeah, these people, they they're basically targeting homosexuals and pedophiles. Yes, that's their that's their go to kills. Yeah, yeah. Um. There's a scene involving a dog, which... Yeah, the dog uh, scene's really rough. Yeah. There's one of the longest torture scenes I've ever seen that is brutal. Yeah, I think overall, it didn't it didn't get me on that level that it got you. Yeah, I mean, I give it four stars. Damn, okay. Yeah. Definitely, definitely not that level. Nah, two and a half for me. I, I would, would, you, would you recommend people watch this? The right people, yeah. The right people. Ah, okay, fair enough. Got a review here from Papaya Films. Our digital officer saw Snowtown during its camp premiere. A lot of people walked out. It's an uncompromising, powerful true story that is filmed in that unique way that only Australian films can do. I agree. Right, that brings me to my number six, which is still not recommended. <laughs> Secret Life of Pets 2. So you tell me, Secret Life of Pets 2 is a better movie than Snowtown? Just. Now I had some laughs with the kids with this. <laughs> you have absolutely nothing to say about this film, do you? You're like, well, uh, there were some laughs. <laughs> it was okay. I think it's better than the first one, to be honest. I did not like the first one. I didn't like the first one either. I don't like this film. Okay, it's fine. Like the, uh, the problem I'm, with this, the problem with this one is there's no actual story. Like it's it's kind of like three disjointed stories. Oh, I'm not watching this. No, don't watch it. It's there's Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. Oh, what? Yeah, I mean Kevin Hart was in the first one. Oh, what? But they brought Tiffany Haddish in this, and they're a duo of, of a bunny and a dog trying to save a tiger from the circus. There's also, I mean, Louis C.K. is not in this one anymore. <laughs> it was the uh, shocking. I know. But that there's these. I believe from what I remember, from what I remember, three random stories that really don't intertwine with each other. It felt like um like three episodes of a TV show, and it easily could have been that. You could say it's even uh Pulp Fiction esque. You'll say that. You're the only <laughs> person that's ever said that. Put that on the You're poster. Like interwining stories. On there's the poster for you. Pulp Fiction esque. Dean Jeffrey on DBJ Pulp podcast. Fiction meets Secret Life of Pets one. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, two and a half for me, not a good film. And we're up to number five. Is that what you're up to? You want to start talking? Sure. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing Battlefield Earth. Ew. Yeah, ooh, indeed. Now, this is a film I have seen before. I saw it at the cinemas when it came out. Yeah. And I thought, ah, great movie. (laughs) What a fun time that was, going to the movies. Ah, How wrong you were. I mean, it's widely known as one of the worst movies ever made, but of course... You sort of think that, and you know it going in, you're like, ah, how bad can it be? This movie really sucks. <laughs> I, I love that. It just sucks. I don't know what it is. Dutch angles, everything is shot on a slant. It's all Scientology funded, I isn't mean, it? it is, oh, it's definitely funded Scientology. There's, they say there's parallels to the religion and stuff. I I mean, I don't know much about the religion. I I don't know anything about that. So I just watch it from a, from a movie point, and it's... I don't know how anyone making this thought this was good. It's actually unsettling to watch. 
I actually didn't realize that Forrest Whitaker was in it until like a couple of months ago. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker, Barry Pepper. Yeah, is John the Travolta. main character. John Travolta, obviously. Yeah. It's just the story makes absolutely no sense. It's so corny. It genuinely is hard to get through. And it's not, I mean, you sort of expect a movie this bad. Like, there's that funny, I'm sure you've seen John Travolta laughing from this film a few times. Probably. That, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, they, they've got these weird boots on, the long dreadlocks, they're aliens. The way this movie ends as well, again, no spoilers for all those people looking forward to seeing Battlefield Earth. For like the first me. Time. But the it's so unplausible. Like, the whole thing is an absolute joke. And at some points, it's even hard to follow. I'm like, how am I not understanding this garbage? <laughs> it is it is absolute trash. It is as bad as people say, and that is a big call. I give it half a star. So you might say it would end up on your bottom 50 worst films of all time? You could say that. Mm, interesting. Okay, well, my number five film is The Greatest Showman. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, it's entertaining in points. Thank God Hugh Jackman's in it. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't mind Zac Efron in this, though, to be honest. I think he's okay. In fairness, I don't mind Zac Efron in most things. He's pretty good. He is. Yeah. I just feel like he's there's... Just, he's just not in a lot of great movies, but he's, he's just normally good. There's just too much singing in this film. I knew there was going to be singing, but I didn't expect it every 30 seconds. Oh, it's a full-blown musical. Yeah. It's not like um, it's not like it's a movie about a musical show and you see some of the numbers from there. There is music throughout. Yeah. There's parts where they like, sing a song and then they talk for like 30 seconds and they start another song. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. mind, I didn't mind the story. Michelle Williams was pretty good in it. It's just, I think the singing just got to me. <laughs> what's, what's the big song from it? This Is Me? This Is Me, yeah. That's the one that got That's nominated? That's a good song, yeah. That's a good song. Uh, overall, two and a half stars. Look out, because here I come. Oh, you should be singing, Hendo. What do you got? Nothing as usual. Maybe if I remembered some of the songs. <laughs> All right, my number four. Oh, would you give that? Two and a half? Yes. My number four is a movie that you got me to watch that I watched today. It's Do the Right Thing. Did it do the right thing by you? Not really, no. Ooh. You gave this four, didn't you? I damn well did. Gee, that's a I lot thought it was of great. stars. Did you? I thought okay. it was great. This, I, I struggled to get through the start of this film. It was an absolute clusterfuck of random people just going about their day on a street, and it was so, so boring. Really? Oh, like the first half hour just... Oh, stinker. Jeez. Did get better, though, because once you sort of know some of these characters on this street, you start to get more on board with their lives. And ah, so you're saying live. once they set up all these characters by giving them, you know, like a couple of conversations here and there about their daily life, it started to get better. So you're saying that that first half an hour where you learn about these characters and you get to know them is a bad thing. Hey, news alert, Hendo. You can learn about characters in a way that isn't super boring. It wasn't super boring. No, I d- I'm telling you. You're saying, oh, you could say, I'm saying to you right now. They, well, I learned about these characters, sure, in the most boring way they could have possibly I disagree. imagined for me. Anyway. Oh, by the way, Giancarlo Esposito. Yep. Didn't even recognize him. Really? And like, I was, I actually looked up the um, IMDb page for it halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, is that him? Yep. Like, Holy shit. Even when I knew it was him, I still struggled to see him. There. <laughs> it was really good. I think that this film, I think the very end of the film where it just escalates the way it does, followed by, you know, all these quotes from, uh, who you got? Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. It's very, very, very heavy-handed. Very Spike Lee. Very Spike Lee. And I think it's, honestly, I think this is the same issue I said I had with Black Klansman, which is a yeah, great film. That the end is just so, just whack you over the head with all this stuff. And at one point I was actually very much like, 
Well, hold on. You've sort of got your main character's Mookie, which is Spike Lee, and his behaviour at the end of the film, I felt, really contradicted the message, but then I found the message wasn't what I thought the message was, and it was it was all a bit muddled for me, to be honest, but there's so much racism in this film from everyone. Like, it's not even just... I thought this film was going to paint black people as the good guys and everyone's being racist towards them. But it's not even like that. Like, they are racist to Koreans and other people as well, the Italians. It just... uh, I didn't like these characters as much as I wanted to. I think that's what it came down to. Okay. You spend, spend, what, two hours Mm -hmm. with these characters and I didn't like them. There's not a lot of actual likeable characters. Like, famous Sal's Pizza, he's a prick. John Turturro, what is his problem in this film? (laughs) Like, his people... And like even Spike Lee, like he gets yelled at a lot by his boss, but he legitimately delivers a pizza and then goes roots his girlfriend. <laughs> so, mate, you're getting paid right now, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, I give it two and a half. But I must say, it was sitting around one and a half for that first half hour. So two and a half. All right. My number four is a Netflix film called I Am Mother. Okay. Haven't heard of it. Is it obviously this year? Yes, starring Hilary Swank and the voice of Rose Byrne. Is it animated? No, it's live. It's about a teenage girl who is raised underground by a kindly robot mother designed to repopulate the earth following the extinction of mankind. But their unique bond is threatened when an inexplicable stranger arrives with alarming news. Now, this is obviously set in the future. Post-apocalyptic? You could say that. Actually, I would definitely say post-apocalyptic there. Won't be making my list, though. (laughs) (laughs) I did find it started off really well for me. Gives us some good theories and analogy about repopulating the earth in regards to creating a better society. The mother character is this robot that basically controls this young girl and is in is starting up about selecting the right humans. And I was getting on board with this film for a majority of it. But in all fairness, in the last third, it just completely shits the bed. Really, really bad. It just goes off on this massive tangent that I couldn't follow in terms of not being able to follow the plot, but not e- but not following their methods and their reasoning. And especially right at the end, like the whole big, I guess, reveal at the end, I was just out of it. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm out of this film for now. And it really, really hindered it right for at the For now. End. But then I came back. No, I never <laughs> came back. It's two and a half for me. Uh, just, just missed the mark. You're number three. My number three is Ma. Hey, Ma! What do you think of this film? This is one of those films that the only thing I knew about it was the poster. The big Octavia Spencer face. Looking all evil, kind of. See, I didn't even know that. Like, I'm watching this film and it's like, I didn't even know what genre this film was. I honestly thought this was going to be some fantastic drama. Well, she's always in the fantastic drama, yeah, isn't that's she? On, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, me and Britta watching it were like, oh my God, is this, is this turning into like a thriller? This isn't a horror, is it? It's, I mean, it's enjoyable enough. I, I don't mind it. Uh, Octavia Spencer's fine. The kid characters, like the teens in it, they're all, they're all fine. Like, it's a very easy film to watch. There's not a heap of substance to it. The end is shit which is kind of a theme of today it seems it's fine i give it two and a half okay is it getting good reception no okay very middle ground yeah well yeah i don't know for some reason i thought i heard that like she was getting oscar buzz for this and i'm just like oh really <laughs> <laughs> they've really gone that low i was like no nah, i must be getting it confused with something else fair enough all right my number three is triple threat have you heard of this one no well 
You're not a fan of the Raid-style films, are you? No. This one has Eco Waste in it, yet again. It's got Tony Jar in it, though, from Ombuck. It's like kind of like these two... These two powerhouses of Asian martial arts come together. And what the story is, a hit contract is taken out on a billionaire's daughter who is intent on bringing down a major crime syndicate. A down-and-out team of mercenaries must take on a group of professional assassins and stop them before they kill their target. And you got people like uh, Michael Jai White in it as well. It's kind of like bringing the, the east and the west of famous martial artists at this point to come in for some big Raid-style action film. And it's nowhere near as good as The Raid, or The Raid 2, for that matter. This is a bit choppy the story is a bit convoluted when it does not need to be there's a lot of double crosses and triple crosses and quad crosses and in the, at, at one point you have no idea who is with who and it's not for the movie's benefit like it didn't need to do that the martial arts and the fighting is okay it could have been better like you look at things like Ong Bak and in particular the raid long drawn out shots of just not like a well choreographed action scenes this is moving into the overly edited style fighting which is not good because you got people like Eco Waste and Tony Jaa who can do this stuff they are very good at what they do you don't need to be chopping and chopping and cutting and cutting to make it look like this it it really took me out of the film two and a half stars okay so you can take that off your watch list Dean I know you had that high on there to check out triple threat zero threat of me watching it that's not bad yeah I mean it's not alright we're gonna go straight back to you because my number two is Snowtown alright well my number two is a Netflix film called The Red Sea Diving Resort. Do you know about this one at all? Negative. It stars a Infinity War Captain America, Chris Evans, bearded, long hair. I'm sure this was done at about that time, obviously. He still looks exactly like that. And it's a true story set in Sudan in 1980 about a team of Israel Mossad agents who plan to rescue and transfer thousands of Ethiopian Jews to Israel. And to do so, and to avoid raising suspicion from the inquisitive and ruthless authorities, they establish as a cover a fake diving resort by the Red Sea. And this had a lot going for it. Like, it's very good acting. Chris Evans, he's, he's doing all right here. Definitely trying to pump up his Captain America. There are many, many shots of him doing his chin-ups and his push-ups, just for no reason in the film. <laughs> At one point, he's doing chin-ups underwater. Like, like, what? Like, yeah. I know. They're doing a diving thing, and you see him like doing some pull-ups on a bar down near like a- I'm sure a- I can do pull-ups underwater, Hendo. <laughs> I know. As I was saying, like, why, why are we doing this? Like, the first shot of Chris Evans is him doing push-ups in the back of a ute. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't mind the story. Like, it, it's a very well-told story. The problem is it focuses too much on this team of people who are taking control of this hotel when they really don't focus more on these Ethiopian Jews and where they are. They're kind of trapped in this other place at the moment trying to escape, and we very rarely see that. And it's more focused on how this other team with Chris Evans and, his, and the rest of his crew, how they're dealing with this hotel. Because it gets to the point where the hotel becomes a real hotel because they need to cover themselves. So they're actually getting real tourists in and they're, they're taking them out on trips while at nighttime they're smuggling these Ethiopian Jews out of Sudan. And that was my problem with it. It didn't focus enough on the actual situation at hand and more on the actual hotel. Fair so, enough. yeah, two and a half for me. All right. I guess we're back to you for your number one. And I assume we have the same number I one. I mean, of course we do. So, my number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we have released a bonus episode on. So, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go and check that one out. Absolutely. That is also my number one. Only recommend for the week. Fortnight. 12 non-recommends. I think that's a record. It's not been, it has not been a good 2019 so far. That sucks. I know. That's kind of why I haven't been watching a lot of 2019 films. I'm sure that's the reason. Because I said they're bad. You take my word for it. That's actually not bad. I don't, I don't mind that. You you wait to hear what I say. When I say it's bad, you just, that's it. That, it is not a good film. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how it goes. If you say there's a new movie that's really good, I tend to check it out. And if you say it's shit, oh, what's the point? <laughs> 
Maybe because you have your own opinion? Yeah, it's a lot of effort, though, sorting through, you know, say 12 bad movies in two weeks just to find, what's that? Zero good ones. It's all worth it. (laughs) Keep telling yourself that, Endo. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. We had a massive blast with your brother Shane. Wouldn't expect anything less. Very curious to see how this draft's going to go down. Should be interesting. I'm really tempted to actually put up the Dean versus Shane, just so everyone can go, nah, stuff Dean, I'm going to pick Shane. But no, of course, it's going to be a blind draft. Blind draft, come on. Yeah, we don't want to give Shane even more of an advantage. (laughs) Okay, Endo. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Wrap it up. All right, next week's episode. It's going to be Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, it will. You pumped yet? Uh, So pumped. I don't believe you. (laughs) Get pumped, Dean. I'll tell you after I watch the movie again. Uh, Fair enough. So thank you very much, listeners. We'll see you next week for Mad Max Fury Road. Bye. Bye.